So today is going to be a little different. You've already noticed that. Um, the sermon's going to be quite a bit shorter, so I'm just going to give you a little heads up for what we're going to do. Uh, there's cookies at your table, so you're free to open that tin whenever you would like. And, and if you like butter, there's, there's baked butter in those tins. They're not like, there's not like markers in there or something disappointing. You know, Some people use those tins for other things. So please feel free to, to crack those open now as I'm talking. Um, I'll probably have like seven myself. That's a low estimate. Um, so I'm going to read the scripture today, and then I'm going to give a couple reflections on the passage. And then I'm going to read it one more time, and then we're going to put some questions up on the screen for you guys to talk about. And I may ask you at that point to kind of, you know, join tables, depending on, you just want to make sure there's, you know, more than one family unit. So we might have a couple of you just kind of look around now, you can start to think about where you might be able to sit to join somebody else, okay? So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look in a, in a minute as well. Again, we've done this because uh, we, we want to be a family here. And so of our three values of loving God, sharing life, and proclaiming Jesus, I think sharing life was the weakest, especially given COVID, where we've all kind of been, you know, can't see my face and I'm staying far away from you. So we really want to create more connection here and also responding as a community to what the Lord is saying, all right? So listen carefully to the scripture as I read it. I'm going to read it a second time after I talk about it a little bit. And the, the main question that we're going to be asking at the end, there's a number of kind of lead-ins, and I'm going to give you a little kind of just icebreaker to start. The main question is really, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Because he's always working. Jesus says, I'm always working. My Father is always working. So that he has something for you today. He's not giving you yesterday's manna. He's giving you today's dansk butter cookies. Okay? They are fresh, right, from the mail. Amazon, sorry. Okay, supporting the big world takeover. Okay, so hear the word of the Lord. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, 
This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This first Sunday of Advent, we are considering the word hope. Simeon was a man of hope. Personally, the Holy Spirit had told him that he would see the Messiah before he died. We don't know how long that was. You know, maybe he was 18 when that happened. Maybe it had been three days before this event. We don't know. It seems to be, though, that there's some period of time of, of him waiting for this to happen. Personally, he's a man looking forward to, eagerly expecting, believing what the Holy Spirit has said, and looking towards this promise in his own life. This personal thing for him, it's him and the Lord. He's also a man of hope because it says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Which means, again, he's looking for, he's expecting, he's believing for consolation, comfort, wholeness, peace. For for the nation of Israel to experience all of the promises of the goodness of God that he, had, that he had given to them in the Old Testament. So Simeon is one full of hope for the personal things that God has spoken to him and for the things written in Scripture that his heart is yearning for, for his community, for his nation to know the glory of God and for the earth to be made right, for the world to be right for the the healing to come to the brokenness of the world. So it's incredible in this passage how much the Holy Spirit is at work, speaking to him about his own personal life, uh, leading him to go into the temple, and then kind of filling him to speak prophetically. So Simeon sees Jesus, and all of a sudden he The Holy Spirit reveals to him, this is the one. He leads him in, and upon seeing Jesus with his eyes, he lifts him up and declares this incredible speech that he gives. And the word at the center of this is light. That this baby, the Messiah that he's now seen, so that he can now rest in peace, Simeon, is a light to the Gentiles, meaning the whole world. We often use the expression, a light at the end of the tunnel. And what that describes is, right, we're, we're in darkness, but we can actually see that there is an end to that darkness. As we're passing through this tunnel, On the other end, you say, oh, there actually is light there. Like, I can make it through there. There's hope 
that I can pass through and exit the darkness. Now what's interesting about Simeon is he doesn't see the realization of this grand hope of the consolation of Israel. He sees the seed of heaven that has come down to bring this consolation. And yet in the midst of where he's standing in darkness, awaiting that his eyes would see when he fixes his eyes for the first time upon Jesus, he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. And he hasn't made it through, right? He's not coming out of the tunnel, but he sees the light. Guys, for us, we're at a similar place as Simeon. God is, is, is calling us to live righteous and devout lives. He's, he's calling us to be a people who are waiting with expectancy and hoping for the consolation, the comfort, the fullness of God's kingdom to come to Israel and the Gentiles as he proclaims. It's almost as if in that moment God expanded the horizons of what he believed for, the consolation, not just Israel but the whole world. As he mentions the Gentiles. And as we think about hope today, we have not seen in our lives the fullness of that. And so for many of us in a a difficult season where we've been isolated and all of the chaos and confusion that's happened in these last year and a half, we're in a dark tunnel. We've not realized the fullness of God's kingdom has not come. Every, Every problem's not been fixed. There's still pain in this world. There's still abuse. There's still loss. But like Simeon, the challenge for us today is to see the light and know that there's hope. To be a people who are expecting and anticipating the goodness of God to break in because He's promised it in His Word and He's continually speaking it to us personally. And so, um, there's this sense of where there's this hope that has not been realized. But also, there is a hope that has been fully realized. And Paul picks up on this theme in Romans 5. I want you to listen to what Paul says about hope here. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done with us. Sorry, done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Are you hearing the tension here? There's hope that's been realized. Peace with God undeserved privilege and we're still looking hope to the fullness of God's glory he keeps he goes on we can rejoice too like right now when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope he's talking about a progression here right of We go through trials. The Lord is allowing these things in our lives so that He can build endurance and character, which leads to hope. 
And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know, listen, for we know how dearly God loves us because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. We're all looking towards the light at the end of the tunnel to see the circumstances of our lives match up with the reality in heaven. And the promises of God, sorry, left to right, moving towards Revelation 21 and 2, where every tear is wiped away, all the pain is gone. And yet, the light at the end of the tunnel is also the light in our hearts. Now. Another translation says that you know, God has poured out His love into our hearts, that last verse. It's by giving us His Holy Spirit, by putting actually the light that's at the end of the tunnel into our, our being, the very core of who we are, that we have been united to Jesus, that we now have peace with Him through His grace by faith. And that is a hope that is realized. We're not begging God to come love me. We're not, we're not pleading that, that He will forgive us. That's already been done. And it's the realization of that hope that helps us to look forward to the hope that is to come. It's Jesus. The pride and joy of the nation of Israel. The best thing to come out of the Hebrews. The gift to the world who is the light at the end of the tunnel and the light illumining the love of God in our hearts. And it is faith in that love that allows us to receive and then to be the light of the world that Jesus calls us Himself. Amen? Listen to this story one more time, and then we're going we're gonna to be talking about this uh, at our tables. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Amen. Alright, so at your tables, um, we're going to put some questions up here. And 
the first, the first thing um, I'd like you to do before you hit these questions up, and you can leave them there, is just, hey, if there's anybody you don't know, please introduce yourself. And then why don't you just go around real quick and say one thing that you're thankful for from today, okay? And then you can, you can dive into these questions. The first one is really just a teaser of like, hey, is there anything that is really going on in your life that would be helpful for you to share so that you can kind of just leave that on the table for everybody else? And then you can kind of enter fully into. And you guys can respond to that as you sense the spirit leading of it. You feel like immediately we need to pray so that we can move forward. Or, or it just needs to sit. Or maybe that person, you can even ask them, hey, what do you need right now? Maybe it's just to be listened to. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Okay? Okay.